Life is often so busy, taking us here, there, seemingly everywhere. When you are unable to make it to church, we hope you are fed and nourished by listening to the preaching of God's Word wherever you are at the moment. In the meantime, take care, and God bless. Whenever I try to figure out what I'm going to say, and write what I'm going to write, and memorize what I'm going to memorize, and deliver what I need to deliver, I like to know what other people think. Not that I copy, not that I'm unsmart. It's just I like to know. And so when I thought about I will make your path straight, I came upon this. Children will never go astray while they are in good company. Sound familiar to those things you dispensed to your cherubic angels? If you are puzzled by what dark energy is, you're in good company. Let that seep in, especially to Norwegians. It takes a little while. Perhaps the secret of living well is not having all the right answers, but in pursuing unanswerable questions in good company. Have you tried to figure out life? Good luck. I'm 58. I'm stopped trying to figure out life. I'm trying to navigate life better. I miss Norm MacDonald. I don't know if you do, but I do, a comedian. There is a very prevalent tenet with youth that good company is everything desirable and that bad is even better than none. My right teacher? Yep. Norm MacDonald was funny, sometimes off color, but don't call him unsmart, because this is true if you have a 17-year-old. You know that. Birds of a feather flock together, 16th century proverb. When in Rome, do as Romans do, St. Ambrose. If your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Almost every parent ever. Am I right? So is this person. I will make your path straight times three. In other words, I have three points. Point number one, my child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Promises, promises, promises. What this says is, if you follow God's precepts, more good will follow than bad. And so I had one thought, and point number one, is it about us not knowing what to do or are we not capable? Or is it both? So it was seventh grade earth science. I love the earth, but I can't stand science. And when I was in seventh grade, I was a bad student. I was writing about a D. And the teacher, I remember him well. I don't blame the D on him, but he was a nummy. He actually had kind of a penchant for flirting with the girls in the class in a way that was obvious. He was right before the last test, and it was weighted a great deal. And a couple young ladies in our class had an idea that they would go up, and one would talk to the teacher. And right before the test, the teacher would put the master test in a little tray to the side of his desk. And these two young ladies went up, and one was talking and talking over here, while the other was getting the test. Then she had to go to the restroom. 
So she took that test and left the room. Now, this was before cell phones. With cell phones, you could just take a picture of it and then send it to all the people, and then you could charge them, and this would have been a great pyramid scheme. But she went into the restroom, we understand, and she wrote them all down, so that took a while. Came back, and the other was distracting the teacher. Put it back. Then when the time came, someone came from the head office and came and took it down and did the mimeograph and then kind of like Animal House, bring it back and here's the test. Those of us who wanted to cheat, cheated. Now, I don't know what percentage of people in that class cheated. I wasn't good at math either, so I don't even know what percentage, but it was most. A couple of the people who were writing in A's and would never do that kind of thing didn't, but many of us did, and a number of us got caught, although I was alarmed at how many of us were summoned to the principal's office. It was about four or five, and I was one of them. Because you know when you're not very smart, you're not very smart. I got my name right usually on a test. I got those, a few that I guessed at, that I thought it was C. But I never even got to the extra credit questions. I didn't even know that they were there because I usually gave up halfway through. But I got 100% and I nailed the extra credit question. I stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Lilliard, come to the office. Wonder what this is about. Came in, saw the principal, close friend of mine. Talked to him many times. But then I saw my mom and dad. Oh, God, are you kidding me? There they were, right there right there. I knew it. They knew it. They knew I couldn't get 105 out of 100. They knew that. And they just sat there and they just looked at me. Didn't say a word. I went home early. I had a few days off. I got an F on the test, but really Frankly, the drop was not that precipitous. I wasn't worried about my GPA, feel me? And so I've told you my father was eloquent, but also raucous. Very, very stern. But on the way home, he said very little. Because when someone's wrong, and someone is in the right, and the one who's speaking is in the right, you don't have to use many words when the person is summarily wrong. And so he looked at me and he said, do you not know or are you not capable? You cheated. We are clear in our household about those things upon which we stand. We don't cheat. We don't lie. And then he said, we would rather have you get an honest D than a dishonest A.
And I thought, well, good. Because that's what I usually get. But that never, ever left me. Do not cheat. Do not lie. What do you make for a living? Boom. Did you do it? Yes or no? Tell the truth. Take it like a man. Take it like a woman. Take it like an adult. Just be who you are. And I never cheated again. Be honest. Doesn't have to be perfect, but you know the path that you and I are to trod. The Reverend Dr. Rolf Jacobson, a dear friend of mine, dean of faculty at Luther Seminary, told me about six months ago, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. If you lie, you become a liar. If you cheat on a regular basis, you become a cheater. Make my paths straight. Do you want to? No. Will you? No. We all know, don't we? And here's the thing I want you to know is that my father didn't yell and scream at me. That was an odd time. But I think he really knew he had me kind of in the crucible. But the look on their faces, I still remember because of the great disappointment. They still love me? Yes. Believe in me? Yes. Did they think I would turn out? I think so. The point I want to end with point number one is when we hurt our neighbors, when we assail against somebody else, God just says, I know you know better. I'm disappointed, but I still love you. But this is how I want you to live and love for the sake of the neighbor, not you. I cheated on the test. I didn't hurt myself as much as I hurt my parents. And I don't want to do that. And I don't want to hurt God either. Point number two, I will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. Remember this book? How many read this? Raise your hand enthusiastically, okay. You might think, Lilliard, you didn't do well in school, so how do you know about this book? I didn't test well. I'm actually brighter than you think I is. But I love this book because when I read it, I knew I was going to major in psychology because I ate it up psychologically, and I also knew I might become a theologian because I realized original sin. If you don't know the book, if you've been a while, read it again. A bunch of kids during a war period get on this island, and it's sans adults, without police, without principals, without counselors. It's just them. And then it's good, 
versus evil, and the battle ensues. And then I was thinking this week, because you pay me to think, is this book still true today? Are we that island? Bunch of people go to the national capital and decide to just assault it. Do you read in the paper that it's really hard to have people fill this aluminum and steel tube called an airplane and mind their manners for three hours on the way to Florida? People can't get along sitting next to one another or living next to one another. I'll read the Star Tribune until they realize they haven't paid for it, or Yahoo, or CNN, and all those different things. And I love to read the comments. My family can't believe why, but to me, I love to watch it fall apart. They have to suspend most comment sections because people can't have an argument without it becoming visceral. One of our kids was at the Mall of America and left 10 minutes before the latest shooting. He remembers seeing the man who was pictured with a very loud T-shirt. There was a time when we told our kids in 2022, maybe on a Friday night at 11.30 p.m., you might not want to go to the Mall of America, but when it's 1.10 on a Thursday afternoon, are we looking at the Lord of the Flies? I've always told you I'm going to be real with you. There's an utter lack of respect for the office of the president, regardless of who holds it, for those that we elect. And if we don't like the people we elect, then let's not, we elect them. And sooner or later, we're gonna get somebody else. My father always taught me, respect the office of the superintendent, or the governor, or the senator, or the president, because that office will live on. We begin, usually, although nowadays we make it a little more contemporary, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. And there are people, there are experts, there are consultants that say that especially the young people don't like that because it sounds really negative. I'm sorry, you're being kind of a downer to me. You're telling me I'm a sinner. Well, you're a Lutheran. You are a sinner. You will be always until the day you die. But you and I are redeemed sinners. One of the things that in my life and my faith, I always go back to the Garden of Eden to understand human nature and the bondage of sin and cannot free ourselves. So Adam and Eve are in this perfect Airbnb. They just have a great place without rent. In fact, I don't think they have neighbors. You feel me? This is good, right? It's all yours. And there's only one rule. Only one? One rule. 
What is it? That tree over there? Oh, you mean that, that, that short one there that's ugly? No, 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 says God. The beautiful one that's glistening in the sun? Yeah. The fruit therein? Yeah. Can't have it. Everything else. Pears, grapes, cattle, Chick-fil-A, Burger King, whatever you want. Not that tree. Okay. Seems like we could handle that. Thanks for telling us. Now I got it up here. God goes away, stage left, the serpent. Nice place. I know. I know. Free. Cable. Everything. Heard there's a rule. Yeah, one rule. That gorgeous, glistening tree over there? Yep, can't eat it. Want to know why, says the devil? Yeah. Because God knows that when you eat it, you're going to become like God. And God wants you to be what you are. And God wants to be God and keep the separation like that. But if you eat it, you'll become like God. So, I'm not you, but if I were you, I'd have an apple. One rule. When mom and dad leave, don't have a party. I made these cookies, and they have to chill. Eat anything else you want, but don't eat these cookies. Really? Or the disciples, my favorite telling moment. Jesus and his disciples are walking down the road because there was no Uber. They're just walking down the road, and Jesus is out a little bit, you know, trying to get his heart rate up, and the disciples are back there, and Jesus is walking knowingly toward his betrayal and arrest and death and then resurrection, and this is going to not be good. This is going to be a valley. This is going to be a mountain. This is going to be stinky. Half of him was human, remember. And the guys are back there talking about when all the dust settles, who is going to be in the Disciple Hall of Fame? I mean, I think it's going to be me. Actually, I think me. I think me. And I love Jesus because he's all-knowing or has really good hearing because he slows down and they get up and he says, what are you talking about? They're like, the twins. I don't know why the Polads just don't hire more pitchers. I mean, it's always been pitchers. They should just have a better stable of pitchers. Or the Vikings. They have a new coach, give a little bit of hope, same quarterback. So I don't know. We're kind of 50-50. What were you really talking about? <sighs> we were talking about which one of us is going to be the greatest. The greatest what? Disciple? So how would you measure that? The one who gives away the most stuff? The one who is selfless? The one who is asked three times, do you know me, Peter? I could bring this up, but he didn't. The greatest will be the greatest servant. The one who's the most loyal is the one who will go to the cross with me. And they hung their head because we can't help ourselves, can we? So this entire week, you're going to go to work and you're never going to have a thought that you can't articulate. 
that all your words are going to be pure and honorable. That if everything you thought was put up on a screen, you would come out of your house and go to work and go to Costco and go all the places they're in. We can't help but sin. We go like this, all of us. Me, you, everyone. But, remember when you said this? Hear the good news? God does not deal with us according to our sins, but delights in granting pardon and mercy. In the name of Christ, your sins, my sins, the sins of all people are forgiven. You, me, everyone, we are all free to love everyone just as God loves everyone. What's the point of point number two? The point is to keep you straight, to keep me straight, we know that we are sinners. We know who we are, but we know whose we are. We belong to Jesus. Our kids are now 22, 20, and 17. And I'm bummed that they're that old. Remember when they were young, if your kids are young and they scrape their knees or someone hurts their feelings and they're just little jiggers, they come running even with a bloody knee because they need to be held by you. Or they've made a mistake and they come with their tail between their legs and they say, I've done wrong but I need help. And as soon as mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or whomever hugs them and gives them a little bit of dispensive help and advice, they feel better. I don't know why you come to church. Experts tell us more and more we're confused about why you do. But I belong to this organization because I know that I need to be forgiven and then go try it again. David Andrew Lillier. Point number three, I will make your path straight. Isaiah 43 through four, in case you have, don't have it memorized. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. I didn't like geography either, but I'll talk about this. This was to the people of Israel, the people who were enslaved for 40 years and then they were set free and then they thought, well, this should just be a short little trip and we're gonna go over the mountain and then we're gonna have a place and it's gonna be great and that's not how it worked. And I underlined these because I wanted you to think about a valley and a mountain and a hill and a rough ground and rugged places. Let's go metaphorical. It's a big word for me. Have any valleys? Have any mountains? Have any rough spots? Try growing old. Just in and of itself. I did four things in the yard, most of them not, and I washed a car. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And that say nothing about the fact that I'm relatively healthy. 
This afternoon, I get to go and be with my buddies. You know, I talk ad nauseum one time a year. I get together with my seven other buddies. The good news is valleys, mountains, made better. Two of the guys, Mike and Carl, both of whom have cancer, got a release from the doctor to spend a day and a half with us sinners. We're going to be together. Couple will be bold be hooked up to devices. And it's going to be different than last year. But baby, sweet baby Jesus, they've almost died, and they're going to be there. And us eight pastors are going to sit there and say, we are not pastors, we are pedestrians. We are just sinners who are redeemed, and for a day and a half, we get to be together. And when their taillights go, we don't know what's going to happen. But we trust that God will be with them and us. I will make your paths straight means you're going here and something happens to you. And I've done this for 31 years. So trust me, I know what I'm talking about. When something assails us, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And you and I put on our hard hat, we put on our hockey helmet, and we with faith go. You have a tumor. I don't want to think about it. I want to drink. I want to party. I want to ignore it. I don't want to have conversations that I need to have. I don't want to do whatever. No, a person of faith says, God's with me. The Holy Spirit will undergird me. I trust in the doctors. I trust in Jesus. Give it to me. And we go here, 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 here. But we go with God and there's no shortcut through pain. Feel me? The make paths straight means that whatever happens to us, we do it undergirded by the power of God. God has me, God has Carl and Mike and Hans, who's gonna be there, who still has to nap three to four hours in the afternoon because he's paralyzed by pain but we worship every day and we study scripture because we are people of faith. And if it's going to stink, it's going to stink together. And God will hold us stinky people as one. So I want to publicly commend whoever is in charge of customer service at the intensive care unit at the University of Minnesota Hospital. I suppose I should say something about that. So we have a member of the congregation by the name of Jason who has some other problems except his heart. He had a heart transplant and he was there with his wife Christine. She's great, they're great together, but he was in great peril. I go to the ICU about a month ago, the University of Minnesota. And they're very protective up there because of COVID, and so everything, you had to check in, and it seemed like you were getting into the Pentagon, and almost took my thumbprint. And I get into the room, and I have never seen more machines. I told you I've done this for 31 years. Never seen more machines. He was in dire straits. And I walk in, have 20 minutes with Christine, Jason's there, kind of not there. Smile, I smile. And a doctor came in and knew Christine. 
tangentially knew Jason. Said, who's this? And Christine said, this is one of our pastors. Hi, pastor, thanks for coming. Would you like me to come back later? I said, no, you can ask a question. I have cognitive dissonance because in all my years I've been in the cities, and um, how do I put this in a way that is the kindest way possible? Martin Luther said, most hospitals, doctors and nurses are nowhere as accommodating because they're doing what they're doing and we're doing what we're doing. The reason I'm saying is it's stark because of the over-againstness. And so I waited until he was done, and then we talked some more, and then a palliative care doctor came in just in case. And introductions again. And he looked at me and he said, I can come back later, Pastor. And I said, no, that's fine. I mean, your schedule is arduous, and so please attend to Jason and Christine. He said, thank you. And then I went out in the hallway, and I was standing there, and people were going by, and if you're in an intensive care unit, if you really want to appreciate your life more, just stand in the hallway of an intensive care unit in the University of Minnesota Hospital. To the right, to the left, crying, worrying, tension. I'm standing there, and the charge nurse who's sitting there typing in things says, I want to thank you for coming, Pastor. I didn't know if I had, I didn't have a collar on. I didn't know if I looked like a pastor. I didn't have hush puppies on, and I didn't have little elbow protectors. I don't know what it was, but she must have overheard. And I said, well, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. It's, it's our privilege and our duty. And then I stand there and look at my phone a little bit and answer a few emails and wait for the palliative doctor to come out and he comes out and he doesn't take a left, he takes a right, I'm to the right. He comes up and he fist bumps me and he says, thank you for what you do. It's really important. Wow. I'm gonna pen a letter to whomever because in all my years, I've never been in a place and it's not about me, I don't deserve respect because of my education, because of my title, because of what I do here. It's what I represent and what Jason needs, what Christine yearns for. I will make your path straight. And so I want you to take this in. Most studies have shown that religious involvement and spirituality are associated with better health outcomes, including greater longevity, coping skills, and health-related quality of life, parenthetical even during terminal illness, and less anxiety, depression, and suicide. Several studies have shown that addressing the spiritual needs of the patient may enhance recovery from illness. The Mayo clinic. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. We hurt our neighbor, it hurts us, it hurts our neighbor, it hurts the heart of God. You and I need some directional help every once in a while. Husbands and wives, adults and children, citizens, children of God.
But when we rest in the care of Jesus, even when we are really sick and really sad and really in the crux of it all, we will do better because of Christ being with us. I will make your paths straight. Not easy, baby. Not always fun, but possible. And even filled with blessings. Promises, promises, promises. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope you found this week's message helpful as you think about how you will live out your faith each day. If you would like to support the ministries at St. Andrew Lutheran Church, you can do so by having your credit card information available and then texting a gift to 952-260-9007. Thank you and God bless.